Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Automotive Sessions Podcast. Let's get started with your host, Chris J. Martinez. Cool. So this is, uh, hey, guys, this is Chris Martinez. And I'm Andrew Street. This is our Wednesday sessions where we talk about everything automotive, right? What we're doing in Facebook, Instagram, Marketplace, pretty much anything that has to do with marketing and generating business and driving sales to the dealership. Yeah, and this is the lens that I look at automotive through. It's all through Facebook, Instagram, Marketplace, paid advertising. You know, I actually just saw somebody doing a really good job with Facebook Marketplace. They said they've been selling, this is as a salesperson, selling 30 cars a month, selling cars on Facebook Marketplace, just reaching out to people on Marketplace, selling cars, or getting them to come in to actually uh, sell, sell their vehicle, and then actually trying to turn them into a car buyer. Which yeah, is pretty, like, kind of like the Craigslist days, right? So when I was selling cars, I did kind of that. Um, but this girl was pretty unique, and she said that she was able to do. I think her name was Melissa. I forget her name. Is she posting those on Marketplace as herself, or is it the dealership doing it? No, well, she's actually reaching out to the actual uh, people that list their cars on on Facebook's Marketplace. Ah. She's basically finding like free leads. Uh, let me just tell you what her name is and so she's getting potentially that trade-in as well as getting yeah she's actually them to buy a new really vehicle good, her name's uh she goes by mel melissa it is a melissa okay uh, and she actually has a facebook group online right now that teaches you how she did it really uh, i mean selling 30 cars a month is not an easy feat i've done it personally um, but to do it using the current technology and using facebook marketplace i mean that it's pretty incredible thing that she's doing right now, you know? And then the, the, the marketplace and then selling, and I don't even think she's selling the training course. She's just doing it. Just educating people. It's funny. It's like, that's the way that like so many sales positions have turned where it's like, educate, educate, educate. Then if you've like kind of convinced somebody that you know your stuff that could translate into business for her down the road, when she starts doing like some sort of educational curriculum that people could start paying for. Well, I mean, there's a lot of courses out there right now. And even That's why I've been even telling you, you, you have to, at some point, the stuff that you're doing. I mean, how many dealers do you have now? 100 dealers? Uh, we're direct with about 60, and then we've got about 170 through partners. Okay. So that's that's good. That's amazing. Yeah. There's not a lot of people, unless you're like, who is it that's a real big one? Shift or Max. They've got... Yeah, Dealers United has a handful. Yeah, so they got a bunch. Imagine Tacobi's got a mat. Tacobi. Yeah, they're doing a pocket they full. got their so- software as a service, doing a great job. Um, but then you've got Potraz, I think is how you spell yeah. his name. Paul Potraz. And then I know that the new one, she's been doing it for about a year and a half, seven months or something like that, a year and a half. Uh, Gail, Gail Rubinson, she's, uh, I sent you one of her ads the other day. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. She's just uh, putting out her own video ads. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like we're like... Uh, and what do you think about that? Like to do a video ad, do you get up on there? Do you have to be energetic? You got to be... What do you, I mean, what are you seeing that's working? Uh, on behalf of a dealer or on behalf of a vendor doing their advertising? As a dealer. As a dealer, I mean, uh, I'd say the biggest thing right now that's working for our dealers is to take up as much real estate in people's phone as you can. And the platforms that we use just because people are there so much is Facebook and Instagram, but to get into stories, to get into what's called collection. Let's just 
think about that real quick. So current dealers, the way they were, they were marketing was they were doing the whole um, TV, radio, right, print, and mail, right. So they were doing a lot of that stuff. Then now Facebook, Instagram. I mean, they got stories. They got carousel ads. They got single image videos. I mean, do you speak in the language? Lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. Uh, you know, it can get super overwhelming because there's so many different types of ad ad types, different data sources, and all this stuff. But just to like, if you want to simply look at Facebook and kind of compare it to radio and TV, uh-huh. it's the same principles. Like marketing's been the same since 1920s. It's getting your product in front of the right people at the right time, and you know, let them know where they can buy. But if if you know, with, with TV and radio, it's all about getting in front of those people and then getting in front of them a lot of times, the same people. Same thing with Facebook, where it's less of a, uh, you know, that moment of truth, that, mm-hmm. that Google touts of like, hey, this person's shopping for a pre-owned Silverado with under 50,000 miles. It's good to rank in Google for that. And that guy's going to see it one time and maybe start taking his actions. Where Facebook, it's a little more prospecting. You know, it's more of, hey, yeah, really let's take the 1.5 million people in a 50-mile radius of our store and let's narrow that down to, say, 10,000 people and get in front of them seven times, ten times this month. So that's how you can start to drive, you know, your strategy and your budgets around uh, kind of the same philosophy as TV and radio, but it's a little more mathematically driven. Yeah. Um, and then as far as, like, the the content, you know, the targeting is one thing, but then it's, it's like, okay. Figuring out the audience is one. That's to me, is the easiest part. It is. It's, then now, what are you going to do? Because the content is the variable, right? Like, right. That's the thing that, that's going to drive that awareness, drive them to, to think, you know what, I got to go to this dealer, or I got to go over here. I got to buy a Toyota today. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or I just bought a Toyota six months ago. And I haven't been to the service department. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's not saying, hey, I need to buy a Toyota, I need to buy a Toyota. I just bought a Toyota. But that's an interesting thing. So what you're saying about service, because one of the areas that I, I see dealers missing on every day. I mean, right. There's a reason why Jiffy Lube, Pet Boys, all of these other companies have actually you know risen and just dominated in that space because dealers don't do a good job of retaining those customers. And they don't really actually put an infrastructure or a plan. So once they get to a certain level, they don't say, you know, I'm going to build another tech bay or I'm going to grow or I'm going to do a little bit more because they're just okay. Like you're, I mean. And my my understanding of you and your background is you kind of helped write the book on how to improve the the retention from buyers into service customers. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to, that whole piece of it, so thinking back, uh, financial crisis, all of that stuff. Me personally, I mean, where are you going to get those customers? And, and we're going to have another one of those things, right? It's usually recessions hit every five to seven years. We're, we're well past the last one, right? The last one, 08, 09. Every now and then there's certain market corrections that people, that we see, that we feel. Um, especially right now, if you look at, I mean, what's happening in the marketplace, people just, there's, unemployment's amazing. Interest rates are low. I mean, everything um, should be good, but dealers are right now. You're, you're hearing them saying, "Hey, man, I'm not having a pretty. I'm not having a good month." Or you know, uh, vice versa. There's some dealers that are doing amazing, 
and some that just aren't. Look at Nissan, down 30% for the year, something crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but then you got like Subaru up 3% all year. I mean, they're doing pretty good. You know? so just, what is it? You, you got to focus on those, those service customers, drive them back into your dealership. And then those customers, I mean, a lot of averages, the more people that are continue to do business with you, they're going to continue to keep coming back and buying new models. And that's where you have a real opportunity to get customers today. I mean, it's, it's crazy that people just aren't, aren't focused there. So working at like a Toyota store, do you think like the Toyota Care, I'm, I'm saying yeah, it wrong, Toyota Care. Toyota Care, does that help it a does, lot with the I store mean, getting those people back in? Ma maintenance. And then you think that... It's surprising though, some people still don't, just don't do, do it. it. Even though it's free. Even though it's free, they don't do it. And it's four miles from their house. Actually, some of them, it'll be like, because the Jiffy Lube or the Pet Boys is literally down the street from them, they're like, I'm going to just go there. It's convenience is a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got the people that are doing it really good, like Paragon. Um, they have that. Paragon Direct. Pick you up, and, and they're, they're open 24-7. I mean, they're, that, they're, when you're at that level, 24-7 service department, where they're going to go pick you up, drop a loaner off, and then go service your car. Right. The infrastructure, you just got to figure it out. I mean, certain areas, I think, make more sense than, say, Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, that's I mean, a that different market. Sense. Yeah, but Austin or, you know, some rural areas probably not doesn't make any sense. But I don't know. There's there's a lot to be said to of what the number one dealers are doing today. You know? Right. Uh, and it's a mix. I mean, it's it's easy to look at. You know, from a, from a dealer's perspective, I imagine it's kind of like look at different vendors and say, what's my silver bullet? Yeah. Let's go all in. But, you know, test, you know, working with a handful of vendors, it's like setting up that system to say, uh, is it working and can we tell if it's working? And if it is working, can we scale those efforts? Yeah. Or can we figure out if it's not working? Either way, it's good to know. And then if it's not working, what can we do to either make a major adjustment or hit pause? So we can test out that new channel of advertising or that new channel of service retention or that new technology that does, you know. You know what I always look at, and one of the books I wrote, um, I always talk about, you know, I, I talked about how we, we sold a bunch of cars, but reality is I should have called it the basics because at the end of the day, you got to go back to what works, blocking and tackling, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the, the basic foundation of what got you to where you were at you got to make sure that those areas are shored up and you almost have to have like a monthly health check of what what areas you're looking for because the minute one of those areas comes out of whack i mean you can lose a lot of sales you know, a lot of lose a lot of customers your, your focus isn't there you got to make sure that you have a plan in place that you're, you're you're remembering every little piece of of the pie or wheel that keeps it moving what know? do you think like the most common thing you've seen with dealerships like get out of whack that affects the sales the most uh they're they're not their lead management they're not taking care of their leads like they're not they're, they're allowing their their either sales department or sales team to either manipulate the numbers or something that they're not really keeping an eye on it yeah. that's i see that all the time like i'll see some dealers that like a two percent close ratio on leads and you're like but then you got some that are doing real amazing on their lead handling. Mm -hmm. And then you start looking at their marketing budget and you're thinking like, well, you need to put some more marketing because you're only going to be able to do so much. 
Lead, okay, so leads are kind of like a sensitive subject for advertisers. Yeah. It's like, okay, so as soon as, like, it was probably th- three years ago, th- almost four years ago, Facebook came out with Facebook lead forms. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm an autom- I'm a ad tech- oh, well, we I'm a ad technologist. And then, so I speak digital marketing. Dealerships speak dealer. Others pe- people speak English. And there's kind of <laughs> like this cross of, of everybody trying to speak the same language. All of a sudden, lead forms came out, I'm like, Chris, because I was working with Chris at the time, I'm like, Chris and his team, let's do leads. I understand leads. You understand leads. Let's put all of our money into leads. Yeah. And we did. And it's just a matter of, okay, who's going to be filling out the lead form? How, you know, there's so many variables of how good is my targeting? How qualified are these customers? Did they even mean to do it? How good is the BDC or how good is the internet department or how good is the sales team at nurturing those leads? What does that look like? How can we measure which ones are turning into appointments, which ones are turning into sales? So it wasn't the, the holy grail like a lot of people thought it was going to be, but it's a component for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny because, like you said, we, we tried it at first, and what happened? We had a ton of leads, and then we're like, wait a minute, these they're coming in, but are they the ones that we want to have? really have our salespeople working right mm-hmm. the idea is you can you can get all kinds of leads to the dealership are you getting the right type of customers coming in like the right you know people that are higher on the funnel right right some just somebody that just randomly clicked something generated a lead form you want to have someone that you're going to be able to close at a higher close ratio than the ones that aren't that can qualify for the vehicle that they clicked on. yeah yeah so it's funny because I really had that conversation. I forget who I had the conversation with, but when you think of your sales team, right? Mm-hmm. You, I've had some really good salespeople over the years that I, I hired were selling a bunch of cars. I helped, I, I recruited them to another dealer, and they don't have the same success. And then I started looking at that and thinking, wow, what did I do? What could I have done different to help this person out? And what I found was that these people weren't getting the, the, the type of customers that they're really good with because there's that niche marketing, right? And that's where I think that, you know, what I'm doing right now with Cars Her Way, with Lisa Copeland, um, she's doing a great job, that, that, that targeted specific market that some people do a better job with than others. Right. And I think that you're going to see that kind of play out in the next 18 to 24 months, especially with social media and what they've done in targeting that dealers are going to have to get better at different types of customers. It's interesting. You know what I'm saying? And the, the ones that are doing it the best have a very, very diverse workforce. And I yeah. think those are the ones that are winning right now. Uh, yeah. Like, I think that's one thing that you guys mastered. Oh, yeah. And then, kind of as as a side effect, we started to help Jake seeing what what can I do for my desk to help your dealership. Yeah. And then saying, okay, you guys are staffing up in a unique way, so people with different cultural backgrounds uh, are in house that you guys have in your store. So now I can say, okay, if you guys have, you know, a large, uh, or, or you have a you have one or two salespeople that, you know, maybe ha- are from India or from Vietnam or things like that to where we can start to cater our advertising to different segments was really unique. Yeah. Like for us to be able to, to have my ad 
you know, reflect something that, that would resonate with different cultures a little bit better than for you guys on your end to be staffed and equipped to take those leads or take those phone calls and connect it with the right person who that customer would be most comfortable going through. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that it works. And, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, not, the, the it's easy. It sounds it. easy, but it sounds easy. yeah, I mean, it's, it, oh, it, takes a lot, it takes a lot of work for it, but when you get it, That's a cool little phone, though, right? It looks cool. And you've got your whole makes sense. right now. I mean, this is pretty incredible. You've got your office. This is the dealer OMG headquarters. Right? This is. Yeah, this is the world headquarters right here. And we've got our, our, our mighty team of seven over here that's doing all the performance management stuff, interacting with ad campaigns, with our partners, with uh, direct to our dealers, working with them to see you know what's on their agenda, what's on their radar, the inventory they have. But things are good. It's a good time to... Be in marketing. It's a challenging time, too. It is. Well, for everyone, because the first thing people want to do is go to advertise. Oh, yeah. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I always think is like, crazy, right? Um, but, you know, I, I forget who said it, but they said, I'd rather fail forward than in retreat. I, I like and that. me, personally, I like that whole idea because when everyone else is cutting, that's when I'm, I want to be the market leader. Because right. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I'm dominating. Like I'm gonna make sure that everyone understands. Like this, this is this is the dealership I'm at. Right. And yeah. I mean, it's an opportunity for last last man standing. Right. Yeah. It's like the the you know maybe the market's smaller now. The inventory maybe is more abundant, but you can be the dealer that's going through. In my case, their news feed and their stories in the radio, whatever it is, you can be the one dealer who's keeping their foot on the gas while everybody's taking their foot off. Oh, yeah. Well, because I remember 2008, 2009, right? I was at a Toyota dealership, and it was, it wasn't a good deal, right? Like, you had the financial crisis, you had the sticky pedal, you had cash for clunkers. I mean, it was, I mean, cash for clunkers, I mean, really helped us out a lot. Uh, but before that, it was, it was, it was not good. But guess what? I was on the sales floor, and the dealer I was at, we were selling 600 cars a month, and I was selling 30 cars a month because, guess what? This dealer said, you know, I'm going all in, and just kept showing a, a growth, while everyone else was kind of in retreat because they weren't doing, they didn't keep their foot on the gas. They just kept on cutting and trying to cut themselves into a profit instead of selling themselves into a profit. You know what I'm saying? And how do they do that? How would a dealership... I'm still learning everything about automotive, but it's like, <laughs> is that just by focusing on pre-owned well, yeah, and I'm, by I'm, sales? I've been doing this now for 16 years, and I'm still learning. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think... I don't know that you ever stop learning, so... At what I, point do you become a car guy? You know, <laughs> we were talking about this we a couple days ago. I think that, to me, the dealer that says, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a car guy, you know, I think... You're, you're a people first type of person, right? You're right. talking to them, you're taking care of them. But, you know, I, I consider myself uh, someone that in the business last 16 years, a, a car guy, I guess you could say. But I, I don't know that you, unless you've been on the floor selling cars, I guess that, that makes it, makes you unique. That you, You're a step beyond. You're like a car doctor at that point. <laughs> you know, you've done that's what a I'm few thinking. Stories. So when I look at people and I think, what does that really mean? You know, because, you know. 
there's some really good industries that I've seen some some amazing sales professionals, and um, I don't I, I don't know. I, I, I me mean, personally, I, I know a lot about cars just because I had to sell them for a long time. Mm -hmm. But you go and ask me about a specific you know tow capacity of different vehicles, I have no clue. I mean, I, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm, the model I was selling Toyota, I could tell you a couple of them, but yeah. tell me you know what the tow capacity is of a Ram or some other brand that I, I wasn't focused on selling at the time. I mean, you're just not going to know. There's just too many out there. So the guys, the people that I consider car car people like that, that are just like, almost like Rain Man. Right. right. They know everything there is to know about the... Just researching it. Everything. Like they know, like they just know that those vehicles. Yeah. And, those know the cars. Usually, other people know the operations of the business. And there's usually one or two in the dealership that know that. Mm -hmm. And everyone else, I mean, most salespeople sell, what, 8, 10 cars a month? The 80, 20 rule, right? 20% of your people sell 80% of your business because they're the, your top performers. And the other ones, they don't know the product like these other people. I mean, it's... So to get to your, your question of what makes you a car guy... When, okay, when I hear car guy, it's usually from people on the vendor side of the desk who want to be on the same side of the desk with the dealer saying, hey, look, we were selling a product or a service or whatever, but I'm a car guy. I'm actually you at heart. I used to work at a dealership. So it kind of like puts them in the same, uh, the same envelope, I feel like, to say that they're a car guy. You know, and I forget who, it's, who said it, um, but think, I think it was Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. And the idea is not to have you, you, you. The idea for you as as a business owner is you want to hire people. You don't want to be the smartest person. You want to be able to have people that surround you that are you know specialists in their field that know what right. they're doing. Like you, I have someone that I'm trying to hire. I don't want them to say, "Hey, I'm a you know a, just like you." I want them. No, I want to hire you because you, you know more than me. Right. You know what I mean? The jack of all you know, trades, master of none. Yes. Yeah. It's good to be in like the top 50% of the smartest people, though, in your organization. Girls <laughs> <laughs> just start to look pretty silly. Yeah. No, I know. You got to know You got to know your stuff, right? Yeah. And when you're talking the language, all this, you know, the different carousel ads and you're swiping up and all these different catalogs that you can actually put on, I mean, what I like about you guys, you, you said, you know what? Facebook, Instagram, we're going to live in that space, right? Mm hmm We've tried to branch out years ago. We've got PPC. We started doing SEO. We got display. We weren't very good at that. We were okay. We were honest. You know, that, that only gets you so far. So we scaled back and said, okay, let's just stay in our lane. Facebook, Instagram, paid advertising with dealers, which helps. I mean, now I know who to partner with. I know what conferences to go to. I know who to stay in touch with, you know, opportunities to get in front of more people. So, um, yeah, it's been beneficial to, to stay focused on just a narrow selection of Facebook and Instagram go down if they stop advertising, if they have a pay to play pr product or, uh, you know, there's, there's all of a sudden not popular. I need to figure out the next popular thing. Yeah. Because that's well, where I'm going to be. And then they change their algorithms and do all that stuff all the time. So you got to know. What's I'm glad they did. If they didn't, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. If it was simple, everybody <laughs> would be doing it. 
right? So it keep, feels simple. Everybody keeps us on our toes. And well, well, Andrew, these are our Wednesday sessions. Right? I love it. Um, hopefully, this is an introduction. Everyone understands what we're kind of what we're talking about every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then we'll just kind of go from there, man. I think this was kind of a good intro. Hopefully, people got value out of this. I hope they really did. I uh, had, um, had a good time, dude. Thank you. To me, every time I talk to you, I always feel like I'm, I'm getting a little bit smarter. Okay. Everything that you're, you always do, your, your, what, your strategies, your different audiences that you're looking for, always helps me out. So Okay, good. Because like so, when I talk I with you, I, I always try to ask like smart questions about auto industry, <laughs> not, not the basic ones. That's good, though, man. Well, well I appreciate we'll, it. We'll do it next week, and um, we'll, we'll do our next Wednesday session next week, then. Love it. It was great.